Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to the uh, One More Thing podcast that we're doing here at Marsh Creek Community Church. My name is Ryan Stockton. I'm the pastor here. Uh, glad you could pop in uh, for another uh, episode of this series that we're running during our Being Bic, Being Brethren in Christ uh, sermon series that we're doing. So uh, we had uh, a few questions uh, submitted for the podcast today, so I'm excited to get into those. Uh, don't have a co-host with me today, so uh, sorry to those of you who are looking forward to another voice. <laughs> Got to listen to my dulcet tones for today. Uh, so let me get into some of these questions here. Um, uh, the first one here, have the core values of the brethren in Christ changed over time or were these written or were they like written once and they've stood the test of time? Uh, well, uh, that's a great question. Uh, they have been written and kind of has, have stood the test of time since they've been written. But it was not all that long ago that they were written. So <laughs> I think it was I think it was. 1999, I think it was. It might have even been 95 uh, that these that these core values were written down. Um, and it's not like the it's not like folks from the denomination sat down and said, you know, what are our core values? What what do we think? We should we should write this down. It was more uh, kind of writing down what the denomination was already all about. So uh, there's a, a guy, one of the leaders in the, in the uh, Brethren of Christ Church. He's an interim bishop in the Pacific Conference right now. His name is Warren Hoffman, and he was t- talking to us about how he used to, you know, he used to try to explain, you know, we're part of us. It's a fairly small denomination, the Brethren in Christ. And so, and no one's ever heard of us. And so when people come like, hey, what are the Brethren in Christ all about? His conversations with people would take forever and they'd be rambling and going on and on and on, kind of like these podcasts. <laughs> and and uh, and by the end, he wasn't sure if he communicated all the right stuff and, you know, hit all the, the, the big points and things. Uh, and so we started having some conversations with some folks about, you know, we should really have something that just kind of tells people about what the church is all about, you know. So so from, I think it was from that, that they, they put together a team of people. I think it was like 50 people. It was a lot. Might have even, maybe 30, but it was, my, my recollection is 50 people uh, got together and they just kind of hashed through all this stuff and came up with these 10 statements. And honestly, to get uh, a set of cohesive statements out of a group that size, I, I feel like is a um, you know small miracle <laughs> work of God. But uh, it's not to say that these are inspired, certainly not. But uh, even though, so even though these are new, uh, relatively new in terms of history, uh, these core values uh, really state principles that have been around within the Brethren in Christ since we started. Uh, and as I go through and preach through these, if you heard uh, this past Sunday, and as you'll hear in pr- future Sundays on this series, um, I'll reference how these principles were lived out in the early Brethren in Christ sometimes, uh, in, in the early BIC church. So uh, they, they've always been important to the denomination. These core values just kind of state it succinctly for us. Uh, so the next question, with needing to discern the Bible... How do we know if we're just interpreting the Bible for our own needs or perspectives? Uh, as a, is a good, it's a good question. It's a big part of the core value uh, that we talked about recently. It's why interpretation in community 
is so important, right? Remember I, I talked about, I think this might have, maybe not last week, but the week before, talking about no personal interpretations. Maybe that was this past Sunday. No personal interpretations. Um, it keeps us out of our own personal headspace, our own personal ruts, our own personal uh, pet issues and desires and plans. Um, so bringing the broader community of faith that we are a part of into this into our process of interpretation and application is so important. Um, but sometimes even the local community of faith can get off track, right? So if you've got your, per, you know, taking it to other people can get you out of your personal headspace and personal ruts. Um, but sometimes the uh, a local church itself can get off track. You know, we've seen we've seen this in local churches that'll, that, you know, they'll they'll buy into things like Christian nationalism, right? Like we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, they can fall into more works oriented theologies. They can stress morality over Jesus. Um, so while we take our personal times with God and we, we bring them to the larger body of Christ in our community, our local fellowship. We also need to recognize that the community of faith, the community of faith is larger than just our local church. Uh, the, the broader the broader family of God is huge. So, you know, so so I'd encourage you to read and, and look for feedback from the broader church context as well. You know, read read books, read articles, read theology, and get input from persons of color. Right from people in marginalized contexts, from different political stripes, you know, read outside of your own stream sometimes because because um, just like a single person acting alone can get off track, uh, so can a, a single community get off track, right? If they don't look for wisdom outside of their tribe, right? So we, you know, so as we interpret things personally for ourselves, we take it to the our, our, our close friends and trusted leaders here at Marsh Creek Community Church. But we also look at the church outside of Marsh Creek Community Church and even outside, dare I say, of the brethren in Christ <laughs> because there are truths that, you know, that some things that maybe other, other uh, streams of Christianity have gotten right or maybe an emphasis that we've de-emphasized or something like that. So it can be really, really helpful to look outside of your own tribe sometimes. Uh, so the third and last question we're going we're gonna to look at here says this, if, if the Bible is the word of God, uh, then why study any other translation than the original text? Right, so we talked about the original manuscripts. Uh, for an example, they say, for example, with the Islamic faith, they still read from the Quran, and there's uh, there's a call to obedience through that tradition that we have somewhat lost in our modern interpretations. So, quite a question. There's a lot going on in that question. Uh, I just want to address really quickly the, the the comparison call that is there about uh, talking about the Islamic faith and the Quran. Uh, for one, the Islamic faith is newer than Christianity by about 600 years. Um, the founding of Islam is sometimes dated to around 6, 610 after Muhammad's first revelation. So Christianity is much older. Uh, and, but, and because of that age, we actually don't have the original manuscripts from the Bible. Uh, however, translation science, which is, you know, there's a whole <laughs> wing of science that talks about, you know, translations and stuff. Translation science has us pretty certain that we that what we have is extremely close 
to the originals. Uh, and here I'm going to recommend a video. It's a, it's a little over 40 minutes. It's a sermon uh, done by a guy named Jeff Pifo at Revolution Church. It's a Brethren in Christ Church out in California. I'm going to link to this sermon in the show notes. I really, really recommend that you uh, watch or listen to that video. He goes into this, the whole conversation about early manuscripts and how can we know that what we have now is actually reliable. You know, didn't didn't a lot of uh, original stuff get lost in translation, or didn't don't we have these huge gaps and stuff? And wasn't there time for Jesus to go from, you know, just a regular guy to to grow to become this legendary figure over time through the development of myth and stuff? Um, and and this video he, he talks a lot about how that's not true. Actually, we have very we have every reason to believe that we can be very confident in the translation and and you know translations that we have today of the Bible. Uh, also, uh, this question talks. Uh, this question also talked about an obedience, an emphasis, or a call to obedience that sometimes seems lacking in Christianity when compared to other religions. Uh, you know, so have 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 we have Christians gone soft <laughs> on our call to obedience to the Scriptures? You know, uh, well, maybe in some contexts. You know, maybe some churches. Uh, but there's also sometimes this conception. Uh, that focus that, that focusing on Jesus versus obedience leads us to a flimsy morality or a lack of obedience. Right, some folks, you know, say, well, just you know, saying we focus on Jesus and a relationship with Jesus, that's going to lead to a lack of obedience. You know, that's not that's not true. But but what ends up actually happening is that as we focus more on Jesus. We see him in his holiness and justice and his mercy and his kindness, and we, we realize what a sinner we are. And, and as we pursue loving and living like Jesus did, obedience comes along for the ride. You know, it, uh, obedience, doesn't, obedience doesn't wane when we focus more on Jesus. It becomes the, it becomes the natural result as we focus more on Jesus. So it's, it's a false dichotomy, really, to, to say focusing on Jesus versus obedience. You know, if we're doing it right, focusing on Jesus leads us to obedience. Um, and, and yes, we can say, you know, other faiths might emphasize obedience a lot. You know, maybe even more than Christianity. But, uh, part, of, but part of what got Jesus in trouble was that he wasn't emphasizing the obedience thing either. And that's and that's what got the Pharisees so mad at him, right? He wasn't he wasn't emphasizing obedience. He was emphasizing a relationship with him and faith in him, which eventually led to obedience as a byproduct. And yes, Jesus did get on the Pharisees about their lack of obedience, and he did call people to leave their lives of sin. So obedience was is still important, but for the Pharisees, when Jesus was talking to them, most often Jesus was pointing out their hypocrisy. Or like when he was talking to them about obeying the command to tithe, right? he, he was pointing out that they were, they were tithing everything, even their cooking spices, but they were forgetting the better things like justice and care for the poor. The Pharisees were looking for their justification in their obedience. Right? And Jesus was pointing out to them that even a pharisaical obedience, which is like obedience on steroids, even that wasn't going to be enough. In, in Christianity, it's about, it's about grace, not works. Right? Obedience is important, yes, but it's, it, obedience is the fruit. 
We don't obey in order to get to God, as some other faiths claim. We look to Jesus, and as we do that, obedience follows. And when we obey, kind of coming from that order, from that perspective, it's a humble obedience. You obey because you realize rightly where you stand before a holy God. But when you emphasize obedience first, you can get prideful, right? As you, as you compare yourself to other people who might be less obedient than you, or, or at least less obedient in the areas where you might be stronger in your obedience. So, um, so yeah, so anyway, those, those are some of the thoughts that I had on some of those questions. Thanks so much for submitting those. Um, anyone can submit questions. So we, we have it in you know the, the QR codes in our service where you can get the program each Sunday. And in those QR codes is a way to get to a form where you can submit a question. Uh, so you can do that anytime during the service. Also, if you know my cell phone number, you can just straight up text it to me. My phone's on silent during the service, so it's no problem. So please continue to send the questions in. I'm having a really good time uh, engaging with these and I don't know, hopefully you're having a good time listening to this. I don't even, I don't know if y'all are out there, but hey, here we are. <laughs> so I'm having a good time and uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for checking in. We will see you on Sunday at Marsh Creek. Take care, everybody.